Welcome to the weekly NFL Reaction Show podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to this past week's NFL action. We will share our opinions on the NFL, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack football, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you had an awesome weekend. I'm excited to be here today as we take a look back at the football weekend. We will discuss the Clemson and Notre Dame game, which really was the game of the weekend. Saints, they dominated the Bucks. That was the shocker of the weekend. And then I, I wonder today, should Panthers and Chargers fans be excited or frustrated based on their close losses so far this season? And are there any elite teams in the NFL? The Steelers are undefeated, but they even struggled with the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. So what do we make of that? Today is a special day because I am joined by Corey Miller. He's been a guest on the podcast before, and normally I, I do these Monday recap shows uh, solo, and, and so uh, it's always been fun. But, man, I'm thrilled today to have a special guest co-host uh, with Corey Miller here on Zoom and, and here on the podcast. Corey, how you doing, man? How was the weekend? Bryce, doing great. Had a great weekend and, uh, of course, enjoyed all of the uh, plethora of games as you did and and uh, you mentioned what happened on Saturday and Saturday night. Uh, Clemson Notre Dame was a great ball game. How it finished. Uh, Clemson losing a regular season game. I guess well, they won thirty six something crazy like like that. The row and now finally coming up with the loss out to Trevor Lawrence being a part of, of the game until yesterday. A lot of grown man football games. I totally enjoyed Panthers hanging around, getting close. Uh, but uh, couldn't, couldn't cash in. So a lot of good stuff to talk about on the football side. And of course, the faith, as you mentioned, the life. And I'm looking forward to it. It's Monday. You hit the kind of, you know, the restart button for a fresh, great week. This is the day that the Lord has made. And we're going to rejoice and have a great time. Amen. Amen. So, so yes, yeah, so normally on Mondays, I, I, I sit on Sunday and, and watch as many games as possible. Saturday, I, I, I am on daddy duty, but I was able to... <laughs> Watched that that Clemson Notre Dame game a, a good bit, and and that was uh, just a, a fantastic, thrilling, live up to the hype type of game that we dream of. And then to think that Sunday night we had this this you know dream matchup of here's Tom Brady entering the the NFC South and going up against uh, Drew Brees, who, who's been in the the league forever, right there with Tom Brady to go head to head and. Both teams really, you know, fighting for that, that NFC South divisional title, but also just being the, the cream of the crop in the NFC. And then last night, the Saints absolutely took care of the Bucs in, in just dramatic fashion. And, and that game was over by the first quarter, which, which just, uh, you know, threw me off. Actually, by the time I even sat down to watch that game last night, I had to do a few things outside, and the game was over. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> sit down and enjoy the – the Sunday night game. And, and so my, I guess my big takeaway from that game is that the Saints had been struggling a little bit in regards their, their offense wasn't clicking on all cylinders every week. And why was that? They didn't have Michael Thomas. 
So they get him back last night. He changes the game. And then the Saints still, they threw to like 12 different receivers. And so a bunch of guys were getting involved. Kamara still had a, had a great, great game. Taysom Hill is still one of the best weapons in the league. And so the, the, the Saints, to me, that was a statement game for them. I'm not willing to draw a ton of conclusions that the Bucks are done or they're, they're no good or anything like that. I think it was an off night for them, which I think back to a few weeks ago where the Bucks just, or the, uh, the Packers had an off game against the Bucks, and we're all thinking, wait, what's wrong with the Packers? It was just an off game for them. Um, and so, uh, so anyway, that, that, that was just a, a shocking game last night, but I think it said a lot about the Saints being back yet again in the Super Bowl contention conversation, even though it's only week nine. Um, but they're, 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 they're elite. They're, they're right there. So we'll, we'll talk more about that elite word in a moment. But, uh, but what did you make of that, that Saints and, and Bucks game last night? Yeah, I totally agree with you, uh, Bryce. I mean, you, when you look at that ball game, everybody was pointing to it because, you know, these two teams, obviously, everybody looking at the NFC uh, South and that, they, you know, who's going to pull it out. And, but the Saints are getting back healthy. And this was the Saints team that we saw last night that I think everybody somewhat envisioned seeing at the start of the year. But you mentioned Michael Thomas being out, you know, suspension, got in that fight as he punched the teammate and then he hurt his hamstring. So he's been kind of hurt. That's other guys hurt, banged up on defense a little bit. But they're starting to get back healthy now. I mean, you think about this team. They play with passion. They got weapons everywhere. When you talk about Tampa and all the receivers that they have, well, what New Orleans had the same type of players on the outside, and they got two running backs that can Kamara can beat you in uh, running the ball, can beat you receiving out the backfield. So, and then you got Drew Brees, who was very efficient last night 26 to 32, 222. You mentioned 10 or 12 different wide receivers uh, that he, he threw the ball to. So, but the key was that ball game to me was the defense. The Saints shut down that offense. You know, we've been talking about Tom Brady and Tampa's offense uh, getting in stride. They had guys banged up as well at the wide receiver, so they really played together as a team a lot. Uh, Bryce, you know, they got Antonio Brown, his first game of action. Uh, you're thinking, man, you got a deep threat in, in this guy. You got all these other weapons. I mean, you know, this team is loaded. But the defense of the Saints was special. And uh, and that's what I've, I've been used to seeing from the Saints. They get after you. They can rush the quarterback. You know, they can cover on the outside. They got good corners, good safety play. And, uh, man, they played spectacular last night against the Bucks. And, boy, but we're going to see these teams again, no doubt. Mark it down. When it's time for the playoffs, we're going to see these two teams battling once again. The, the Saints are fascinating to me because the last, I guess, three seasons – they, they went down early in the playoffs. And, and, you know, a lot of people, go, even going into last year especially, thinking, all right, this is a Super Bowl team. They're going to win this thing. They, they're locked and loaded. Drew Brees. Some even wonder maybe that was his final run last year. And then they, they lose. Like every year they always were losing in those dramatic ways with uh, the, the Minnesota miracle and the Rams uh, offensive pe- or uh, defensive penalty uh, pass interference. And so th- that's how the Saints seasons have ended. And it amazes me that year after year, coming back, they keep coming back. And, you know, I was listening to, I forget what I was listening to, but you know, the, the Bucks are a team where they've got all these new pieces and the Saints are the team with everybody back. And, and, and now, especially with Michael Thomas officially back because of injury, that there's the familiarity with the Saints and they've been through a lot together, like on the field, those tough losses, 
So you build team chemistry through that. Then this season, though, or even in the offseason, remember Drew Brees made some comments that, that ruffled some feathers and, and, and created some controversy within that mm-hmm. locker room. But they, they seem to have worked through that. And then Michael Thomas was creating some whatever was going on with him, fighting with, with teammates, and there were some issues surrounding him. And so you throw all that in the mix, and here they are overcoming all of that. And maybe all that has just made them stronger and better. And, and now maybe this finally is their <laughs> to go all the way. I was more on the side that all of those issues were going to cause them to unravel that I just thought, eh, this, this is, they can't do it again. There's no way they can run it back again. Yet now, after last night's game, and then even what they've done so far this year, I'm starting to come around and go, uh-oh. As a Panthers fan, I hate to see it. But the Saints are they're right. <laughs> well, here's, here's the bottom line. You know, we're seeing the 2020 version of the NFL, right? We're seeing that, you know, they're maybe – isn't a dominant football team. And, you know, this old adage that we said years ago on any given Sunday, any given Sunday that anybody could lose uh, if they're not clicking. I mean, these are paid athletes that, that are, are really good football players. Not a big gap between the, the Carolina Panthers and the Saints or the Bucks. It's not a big gap between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Panthers as we've seen just on yesterday, the reigning Super Bowl champs. So, you know, I think it's about just, you know, overcoming injuries, who's healthy, who's able to play, and the team with COVID out there that can really uh, uh, build together, unify, so to speak, and and, and build that camaraderie. Th- those are the teams that we're going to see excel. I mean, we talked about great team. I looked at Seattle with Russell Wilson. I thought, hey, you know what? Man, this team is, this team is getting it going, even though, you know, their defense was kind of, you know, <laughs> something to be desired for. But – they, they get beat down yesterday. Russell Wilson didn't look like Russell Wilson, the guy that we've already almost anointed the MVP of the NFL. Well, he didn't look like it. Tom Brady, no touchdowns, three interceptions. What's happening? Well, I think what you're saying is just, you know, guys trying to figure it out, you know, trying to put a lot of guys are hurt. Injuries are a factor this year as well, big time. Nobody's really talking about that, right? Because there's a lot of injuries. So uh, COVID holds guys out, so they can't practice. They can't play. So we got all these factors uh, this season. So I don't think you can pick a team and say, yeah, that, this, is, this is a team. Maybe the Steelers, the only team that you mentioned in the opening that hasn't been really affected right now. They're still undefeated. So, but, but I think as we go, we'll start, even with the Steelers who struggled against the Cowboys, and people said they had no chance that was a fourth quarter game with three minutes to go, right? And Pittsburgh had to score a touchdown. So, you know, who is the top dogs in the NFL? I don't think anybody can say because I think any given Sunday, uh, you know, the Panthers, the, you know, these teams that nobody look at, you know, can show up and beat you. And that's what adds so much intrigue to the rest of the season and, and with the expanded playoffs this year. There could be a team that, that just gets healthy at the end and, and they're the ones that make a, a big run kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. And, and even a team like I, I've yet to really buy into, but they keep piling up wins, the, the Oakland Raiders. I mean, they're, they're five and three. And then you've got the Miami Dolphins with five wins. I mean, those are some of the teams where it's like, it's hard to fully believe in them, but if they're, if they're healthy at the end and they start gaining some momentum, they're the types of teams that really could surprise everybody uh, in the playoffs because it is, like you say, it's just so wide open and there's very little separation 
Because what did we see yesterday? The, the Panthers, they took the Chiefs down to the wire. And yeah. a competitive game. Earlier this season, the Chargers took the, the Chiefs to overtime. And, and so I'll, I'll talk more about those teams uh, a little bit later during the, the Unpack This segment. But, but I was impressed yet again with the Panthers and, and just how well they play. They're, they're in games. The offense for the Panthers really is one of the, the better offenses in the league. And, and seeing some of the stats, you know, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, the best wide receiver duo this year. And then just Christian McCaffrey comes back off of injury, doesn't miss a beat. Now he's back up again, but, but doesn't miss a beat. Mike Davis still had a role in that offense. Teddy Bridgewater, maybe the play of the day, his big kind of dive run and then a fake punt. And, you know, they, they made the Chiefs uh, sweat a little bit and, and, you know, come down to the wire. Uh, and, and maybe the Chiefs played down a little bit to opponents. I think there's a little bit of that where they're, they're coasting a little bit. But, again, this year, I don't know that that could catch up with you a little bit. Mike Tomlin even alluded to that because the Steelers have been in a lot of tight games as well. They keep winning, but they're tight games. And again, that, that margin of error is, is not very big this year, and, and there's not a ton of separation with teams like Atlanta, Houston, Minnesota. Not done yet. They're, they're still competing. They're still playing well uh, also. But, uh, but, but what did you think of the Panthers yesterday? You know, I, I, <laughs> I've been that guy, you know, it's, it's kind of hard when you, you, you know, even though Christian, my son's not playing, he's still on the roster and we're Panther fans. Um, and, and you see this team week in and week out, go out and play extremely hard. And I give Matt Rule a ton of credit, getting these guys motivated and ready to play. There's no quit in this football team. They, they, they play extremely hard. They play smart. For the most part, they've had some injuries, especially uh, defensively in the secondary. Uh, but they are in games every single Sunday or Thursday. They are in games. It's like coming down to final drives, uh, Bryce. So I like that factor. And you look at Teddy Bridgewater. You know, everybody at the beginning of the season, what were we talking about? Hey, let's take for Trevor Lawrence. Well, Panther Nation, you forget that. They're not going to get them. They're going to say some incredible trade. But, you know, but Teddy Bridgewater, is the answer. He's still young. He's, a, he's obviously healthy. He's smart. He don't make a ton of mistakes. I know the other week he threw interception in the game, but overall he's played really consistent football at the quarterback position. They had to go weeks without Christian McCaffrey. Mike Davis, shout out to the Gamecocks, former Gamecock running back, steps in. They really didn't miss too much from that. He was really good in the passing game and also in the run game, replacing McCaffrey. Offensive line the last year was uh, – uh, they were bad. This is, I'm trying to be nice. The old line was bad last year. They played pretty good, although they had to move some pieces around, you know, with, with, with Staley and – I mean, Daly, excuse me, and then you got little two guys they drafted last year. Uh, they started to find their, their, themselves. Um, and listen, you mentioned more. A lot of criticism last year. Uh, Curtis Samuel, look at how Joe Brady is using him, right? Not just that wide receiver. They line him up in the backfield so he can give you that Christian McCaffrey type of production. Anyway, coming out of college, he was at Ohio. These were kind of the same guys, right? They were the, well, the total yard guys, return game, they were running back, they play wide receiver. But I love how they're using him. And, they, you know, so they're really good at the wide receiver position. Um, I think tight end needs to step up. But the biggest question right now for the Panthers, let's just be honest, is the defense. When it comes down to stopping teams, like they, they need to get stops yesterday uh, in that second half. 
Uh, Patrick Mahomes, again, wonderful game. This is the Super Bowl champions, and they they were right there in the fourth quarter. Well, you mentioned you got to you got to get a stop, but how do you stop the Chiefs? I mean, when they start <laughs> rolling, and and they got Kelsey across the middle, they got Tyreek going down, and I mean, it, it's silly. They, their weapons are silly, and and the fact that that the Panthers were right there hanging with them, I think, says a lot about the the Panthers' willingness. Like you say, Matt Matt Rule getting these guys up and 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 ready and. They're not, they're not fearful of anybody. And, and to think, too, how quickly – so I, I, I asked the question, should Panthers fans be excited or frustrated with the tough losses? I'm absolutely excited because to have a new coach, a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback, and to have the offense clicking the way that, that it has for really most of the season. There have been some off games here and there and going up against some tough defenses at times. Maybe Bridgewater has turned the ball over more than you'd like. But, but the excitement surrounding this offense is, is just tremendous. And, and to be able to hang with the Chiefs and then you go into the offseason to say, all right, we need to add a few defensive pieces and, and maybe we invest again in, in the draft, which they did all in last year. <laughs> yes, I'm saying they did it already. <laughs> you almost do it again. You almost do it again. And then you develop that depth and, and go add some veteran defenders as well. Um, so the, the future is very bright for the Panthers, which, which, is, which is awesome. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, this is a strange year, right? And, I, you know, you can look at a team like the Panthers and go, okay, they're taking advantage of COVID and, and how things are working. So everybody has an opportunity. Everybody has a chance. And, and I think it's just that kind of unique year. So we'll see. Uh, I mean, if next year is normal, we pray that next year becomes normal. Um, we'll see. I mean, because right now you got guys motivated, you got a lot of young dudes that, that they have on a team that, you know, he's a, he's coming from a college program at Baylor, in, you know, in, in Temple. So he's kind of can infuse that energy in these guys without even playing in a, a packed stadium. So I think that benefits the Panthers, but I'm still waiting to see when we get back to normal what this team is going to look like. But I am, I am uh, really encouraged by what I see on the football field, the energy, uh, and being in games. And, and they just got to find a way now to win games. There's like, what, four in a row now? They got terrific Tom, I believe, coming up this week. They they coming in mad. So we're going to think it's going to be five losses, excuse me, five losses in a row. So we'll see. But I'm encouraged by what I've been seeing. Yeah, you never like to play Tom Brady coming off a loss. That's no, not it's not going to be good. Not going to be good. Not a great setup for, for you, for sure. Speaking of being happy, even even despite a loss, I wonder how Cowboys fans are feeling today because I found them to be, you know, much more competitive. The defense was, was much better. I mean, early in the year, they were getting lit up and, and, and big Ben had a nice day yesterday and, but they, the Steelers didn't dominate the, the Cowboys. And, and again, the, the coaching concerns for Dallas, are they motivated? Are the players going to compete and play hard? I found that to be the case yesterday. Uh, they were right there in, in the game. And, and back to your point, you know, the, the margin of error and everybody, anybody can win any week. We, we saw that again with Dallas after we've written them off. In, in fantasy, I was looking, I was trying to trade Ezekiel Elliott this week. Just anybody take him. I don't want him on my team anymore. And, and so it was easy to just uh, move on from Dallas. But in that, in that NFC East, it's still wide open. Uh, <laughs> Your former Giants got a win yesterday, but um, and the Eagles had a bye. But the uh, you know the, the Cowboys, as crazy as it sounds, are still alive, even with I guess two wins. 
Um, but yeah. to play the undefeated Steelers that way and to get some production out of Gilbert, who at least looked like an NFL quarterback, because unfortunately the week before, Ben DiNucci was not ready to play in the NFL. And that was very evident, and so that was, that was tough. But, well, uh, I mean, you look at this and go, wow. Can the Cowboys win games with, with uh, Garrett Gilbert? You know, how? You know, I don't think being a former player in the league, you look at a guy, you know, that's been basically a backup, practice squads, bounced around everywhere, and you go, nah, there's no way he's going to beat a Pittsburgh t- a Steelers team with all of that talent and defense, where they blitz you, those backers coming from everywhere, double-A blitzes. But he played pretty good. I mean, you think about 21 and 38 for 243, a touchdown and one interception. He played well enough for for the Cowboys to get a win. Their defense, kudos to Dallas defense yesterday. They were flying around, man, and they they played with great confidence against Big Ben and a really talented offense of the Steelers. I was impressed. And actually, I thought they might sneak a win out, but but give a veteran quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger and that offense a lot of credit. When they needed to take the ball down the field, I believe it was like a 91-yard drive or something crazy. They went down the field. or I mean, it was a great drive there in the fourth quarter to take the lead. lead and, uh, and that's what you have when you have a veteran quarterback, when you got a team that understands how to win. They don't panic. You know, they get frustrated, worried. You know, you didn't see that on the sideline. You saw confidence. Uh, you know, they exuded confidence when they were behind in the fourth quarter to this Dallas football team. Because you know when you're playing a team that they think they can't win, but you let them hang around, they get more energy. They get more confident. And that's what happened to the Dallas Cowboys yesterday. But at the end of the day, uh, they couldn't make enough plays. Uh, you know, Ezekiel had 51 yards. I believe he had 51 rushing power and back up at 57 yards uh, rushing. But this Dallas team – and it's just not there. The NFC East is terrible. Let's just be honest. My Giants won. They played another bad NFC East team, Washington. And I thought some prayers out to Allen, former Panthers quarterback, who's out with a season-ending injury with an ankle. He dislocated his ankle. Uh, uh, but um, the Giants got a win. You know, they've been in games but couldn't close out. I mean, you know, so – but i tell you this, five, six wins – Probably a playoff team in the NFC East. <laughs> I still want to see the Eagles back healthy. So if Miles Sanders comes back healthy and some of the receivers that have been playing well throw in a healthy, even your boy Alshon Jeffrey, if they ever get him out there. But but just shoring up some of the, the offensive linemen that have been banged up, mm-hmm. I, I think the Eagles, they could make it happen. I, I, I think that's possible. Um, because Doug Peterson, you know, he, there, there's continuity there and, and that, that staff has been there. Whereas Dallas, uh, they're, they're, they're almost starting from behind. Like they're, they're, they've got a ways to go, even though you look at that offense and there's still so much talent, the receivers and Zeke and Tony Pollard. And they're, if, if the defense plays better, they could be in some games I, and they can beat mm-hmm. the, the Redskins or Washington and, and maybe add a couple wins. So um, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe only seven, eight wins wins that division. Um, but I'm not, I'm not totally ready to say the, Cow- the Cowboys are completely done. Showing a little glimmer of hope yesterday against the Steelers, uh, I think, you know, keeps them going a little bit. But, but I do want to give some love to the Steelers because they, they are the only unde- undefeated team. And, and, and doing some research about them, uh, was fascinated by two things. This is the first time the Steelers have uh, ever gone 8-0 uh, to start the season which is just somewhat surprising just because they've been such a, a storied franchise. And then Mike Tomlin, this is his 14th season 
since taking over as the head coach of the Steelers, and he has never had a losing record. And so uh, last year they went eight and eight, but um, he just continues year after year to win games, to lead his team, even when there, you know, even last year, maybe there were some question marks about him. But to me, it was like, are you kidding me? He's, he's winning games with Mason Rudolph and, and Duck and whoever else was out there, a quarterback with Big Ben being out. Then they come back this year, they get Big Ben healthy, they add all these weapons, they get them on the same page, and, and, and they're still you know, the, the team to beat in the AFC North, I would say. I, I, would, I, I think the Ravens are they're, they're playing for, for second behind them um, after the Steelers knocked them off last week. Um, but then, j- just to add to that, that stat, 14 seasons uh, w- w- with a winning record, only Martin Sh- Marty Schottenheimer is the other coach to put together 14 non-losing <clears throat> after becoming a head coach. So uh, just a, I found that to be uh, just a fascinating uh, stat, and, and especially when you think about new coaches, normally they're taking over a losing team. Uh, of course, a unique situation, Bill Cowher just saying, all right, I've had enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a great Super Bowl winning coach. Um, so what Tomlin has done at Pittsburgh is tremendous. What they're doing throughout his career, and then what they're doing this year, uh, very very impressive. And watching Big Ben get banged up though, he hurt that knee early in the game. Heads to the locker room, comes back out. That was uh, that was key for them. They 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 need him. He he's their guy this year. The, the defense is good. If he doesn't turn the ball over, sometimes he'll take some risks. As long as he doesn't do that too much. Uh, they're they're going to be right there in the mix. So yeah, I like that team, and, and again, I won't say a whole lot about it because I think everything you said is is definitely spot on. So you know, again, Trigger Man. You know, you got Trigger Man. The season Trigger Man has won Super Bowls. Mike Tomlin. You know, people seem to throw out the fact uh, his success as it pertains to being a black head coach. And you know, listen, he is a great head coach. Period. And, and when you look at you know, Schottenheimer being the only guy you just alluded to. I mean, Mike Tomlin wins. Uh, he has his team prepared. They play with great toughness. They're physical. Uh, you know, he is one of the best. He's going to go down as one of the best. He's going to keep winning. And, and um, I totally love what he represents in his football team. The blue collar, you know, Pittsburgh, Steel City, they go to work. They bring the lunch pail and they go to work. And I mean, being a former defensive player, I love defense, obviously, and I love how they get after you. And um, uh, so great win. I know it was the Cowboys yesterday, but a great win. Um, yeah, it was kind of one of those trap games, and, and so they, they were able to, to, to squeak it out. And, and, you know, same thing kind of for the Chiefs yesterday. It was, you know, those, those types of games on the schedule, maybe overlook an opponent or you, you think, eh, they're struggling. And, and so j- sometimes you just got to squeak it out. So the Steelers, 8-0, they're finding ways to win. And maybe they're not blowing everybody out. And, and maybe they, uh, they're probably not – I mean, I guess they could be as high-powered as the Chiefs because, to me, they got, they got as many we- wide receiver weapons as mm-hmm. they do. Uh, and Eric Ebron at tight end is playing pretty well. Um, they just haven't necessarily put the back-to-back games of just huge offensive um, scoring days. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if that happens toward, you know, as the season goes on because um, – well – Selfishly, I've got Ben Roethlisberger in fantasy, and so there's been a few weeks from thinking. <laughs> I need a little bit more out of you. I need a little bit more, but uh, but no, they're they're playing great. Um, all right, one other uh, team or or game of the day, really the the Arizona Miami game. 
that was one of the late games. But, uh, but your boy Tua at, at Alabama, I know you're familiar with, with him and, and following his career. And two games in with Miami, you know, maybe some uh, concerns after game one. It was like, eh, he didn't really do much. The defense special teams did a lot. But yesterday, they, they put a little bit more on him. He was able to show, you know, his athleticism and, you know, the uniqueness of the left-handed quarterback. And um, he's, he's, a, he's just a special player. And, and I, I'm probably more on the hesitant side. I want to continue to see more. But it's hard to argue with two wins to start your career. And, and now the Dolphins are five and three. Obviously, I am a huge Tua Tungavaloa fan. I've known him for years from being in Alabama with my son, know his family, uh, know what they represent uh, first and foremost. Uh, but the biggest question was, man, you know, how's the hip? I mean, you think about a huge testimony. When you think about, you know, giving God glory for a young man that was on top of the world and, and was looking to win a Heisman and he gets hurt. Alabama was looking to win another national title until he got hurt. Um, and then people now was like, man, this guy may not play again, you know, but he came out and got drafted anyway. The Dolphins, he worked tirelessly and to get himself back. But God healed him. And, and, and he's shown that he's healthy, right? In the first game, yeah, you know, it, it was tough because they didn't want to give him too much. You know, this first opportunity, but he did okay. He did what he had to do. Defense made plays, special team. They won the game. But now this week, they give him a little bit more of the playbook, and he's shown that he is athletic. He can run. He can extend plays. You know, and we knew his pinpoint accuracy is amazing. This guy was dropping dimes. I mean, and when I've seen it, from, I've, I've seen a lot of it. I, you know, so his arm strength is his uh, – uh, you know, his accuracy is never going to be a question. His decision making, sometimes you would say, because he was a he was a he was a gunslinger. He was like Brett Favre. I mean, he spent around. Remember the Georgia game, and he flipped and he throws. You know, he would do all this acrobatic stuff and make plays. But he's learned. You know what NFL? You can't do that. You know, you go through the, the read progression. You know where to go to football. You know, check down Charlie is always a good option for you. And if that's not there, throw it away. At twenty for twenty eight to a tongue of our Lord, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And the Dolphins in a shootout with Callum Murray. Uh, we've seen that matchup before down in, I did down in Miami right in the Orange Bowl with Oklahoma and 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 the Tide and Tua two, and got the best of Callum Murray went on to win the Heisman Trophy. Tua did it again in the NFL. So I was like this yesterday. I'm not a Dolphins fan, but I am now because they got several Alabama guys. I know my good friend Darius Rucker is. You know, the Dolphins made him cry, you know, that song. So, but I, I don't think he's crying right now. If he's crying, those are tears of joy because the Dolphins, they started last year, right? They started to, that, that shit begin to turn. And now five wins, hey, impressive. Very impressive. And and the way they played last year, Brian Flores and, and how, you know, they finished that se last season so strong. They knocked off the Patriots in week 17, which was a big win for them because the Patriots needed that win for playoffs. Yeah. And, and so they carried that momentum into this year. And even the decision to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick and to put Tua in when they did, you know, two weeks ago, that was a big decision, you know, coming out of the bye. And, and, and maybe they, that was the plan before the season, but Fitzpatrick was playing well. And, and so 
you know, to keep the locker room because that's all. You know, ah, you're going with the young guy, and oh, man, we had a we had a chance this year to maybe fight for the playoffs. The Patriots are struggling, but it was two and zero, oh. and so very very impressive just from the the decision to do that to go that direction. Whereas you know the Chargers were forced to go with Herbert, and the Bengals started Joe Burrow from day one. So, and then I even look at the Dolphins' offensive weapons, not not that impressive either. So, so it's not. Mm-hmm was working with with a ton of big name guys or, or guys that have been producing year after year or anything like that um whereas joe burrow's throwing some pretty good weapons up in cincinnati and and herbert's got incredible weapons with mike williams and well, whenever he's healthy keenan allen yeah. and and even the running back situation with the dolphins has been depleted a bunch of guys were out injured and uh and they had some guys step in and and, and play really well so um I'm starting to, to come around on <laughs> buying into to what the Dolphins can do. And, and then, you know, of course, they're going up against uh, the, the Bills to win that division to, to see who can dethrone the, the Patriots, which they seem to be out of it at this point. We'll see what the, what the Patriots do tonight against the Jets. But um, I don't, count that as a win. Count that as a win. It's the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> don't make too much of that. But I think that the Bills beating the Seahawks the way they did uh, that was a, a convincing win, and and you know they they I was reading a little bit about the the strategy going in. Seattle was all ready to stop the run for Buffalo. Well, what did Buffalo do? They said we're just going to throw the ball all day, and they threw all over forty four points against that Seattle defense, which not that good by the way. It's not there's not the Legion of Boom anymore. How how far they've fallen, and as a defensive guy, Corey, I mean it's just. It's just crazy to think that they, uh, they, they've gotten this bad. Yeah, it, it's hard to watch sometimes. I mean, they've been on TV uh, several times. I had a chance to watch their team. I mean, they had Clowney on that defense. I mean, they let some key pieces go. They brought in, uh, you know, Irvin from the Panthers, who was there with the Legion of Boom to try to kind of reestablish that attitude. And, of course, he went down with a, a torn ACL, so he's out. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's just they're going to have to win games and shootouts. Uh, because the defense is going to give up a lot of points. And and then yesterday, the offensive line, I thought, failed Russell Wilson. I mean, he was taking some shots where he was just un-Russell Wilson-like, making some bad decisions. But that's what pressure, that's what pressure will do, is make quarterbacks, you know, throw errant passes, and and uh, they picked them off. But, but I tell you what, Josh Allen, man, and this Buffalo Bill team, shout out. I mean, when you talk about the Steelers and who can maybe contend Baltimore, well, put Buffalo Yes, everybody, Buffalo. I mean, they haven't been relevant since Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and, you know, all that group. But now Buffalo is the real deal, and they're going to take over finally Bill Belichick in the AFC East. This is a good football team that can run it. They can throw it, and they play really good sound at defense. So, yeah, great win in Seattle. I mean, Seattle's a tough out, but, uh, man, I like the Buffalo Bills to make some noise, excuse me, in the AFC. Well, back to the, the, the weirdness of 2020 and, and any given Sunday type of thing. The Bills, for a couple of weeks, they were struggling. They, they looked ugly. A couple of national televised games, they, they did not live up to the hype in those games. And, and so there were some questions surrounding them. But I think getting a win like this against Seattle, a, a team that, that still will be in the mix, I don't think their defense is good enough for them to, to be in the Super Bowl contention uh, unless they really make some changes and start playing a lot better. But and 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 also, if, you know, all of it is on Russell Wilson. That's going to be tough as well. 
but it's still a legit win for the Bills, and, and I think they, they needed that just from a, a confidence standpoint too. And, and as we're trying to figure out, okay, who, who are the elite teams? You know, the Bills, the Titans, just some teams that were still like a little bit hesitant um, just because, you know, the quarterback play and uh, sometimes their, their defenses too. Uh, those are two teams. The Colts I would throw into that, that category. The Browns, Baltimore. Um, we've seen them play really well, and then we've seen them just kind of have off weeks where we're thinking, eh, what's going on with them? So uh, that's kind of what this season is. And so you can't, you can't maybe go too far one way on, on any of these teams. Now that we've seen eight, nine games for, for most of these teams, who's still hanging around? The yeah, Bills. throwing the Titans in that too, the Tennessee Titans That's in it. the AFC. Yep, they're, they're, they'll be in the mix even though at times we go, because eh, they lost to the uh, Bengals. They did. They lost to the Bengals, and, but they were able to, to bounce back and, and get a win yesterday. We'll, we'll go back to the NFL in just a little bit, but, but before we, uh, we run out of time today, I, I did want to make sure we talked about the, the Clemson-Notre Dame game because that really was the, the game of the weekend. And on, on one end, I think – the fact that Notre Dame was able to get this marquee nationally televised win against the number one team, it's so big for their program. It's so big for college football. You, of course, have been around college football a, a long time as a you know, player and all that and, and just following the game. You know, Notre Dame actually living up to the hype I think is very intriguing. I, I just it, it adds some, some juice to the college football season. And I think Clemson getting knocked off, you know, without Trevor Lawrence just adds a lot of intrigue. And I, even your Clemson bias, we'll, we'll look past that. <laughs> Why everybody, I mean, I've done numerous radio shows and across the country even last week. It's like, hey, your Clemson bias. Listen, I try to, I try to break things down and be honest and fair. Um, you know, you know, I'm never shy away to say, do I find great joy? It comes from losing. Absolutely. But when it comes to analysis, when it comes to breaking things down, I'm giving you my best, Bryce. I'm giving you my best. That, that's fair. That's fair. But, but I think as dominant as, as Clemson has been and, and, and even most of the season when Trevor Lawrence has been out there, just blowing teams away. Talk about games being over in the first quarter. I mean, that's what they, they've done. And so I think a little adversity for them, and they're still in the, the, the playoff hunt. There, there's no question. They're, they're still one of the top teams, and, and losing in double overtime to Notre Dame doesn't take that much away, but it is a loss on their record, which, which just, to me, adds to the college football season and a little bit more uncertainty and, versus let's just pencil Alabama and Clemson in yet again, which that may still end up being the final result, but, but let's add a little drama to the season. So I, I was happy about that from, from that standpoint as well. And, and then anytime you're talking about a double overtime game, you know, we love that as fans on, on Saturday night, yeah. that's what you, you dream of. And, uh, and then of course that crowd, whoo, that was a full crowd. It seemed, I mean, it was, it was a pretty big crowd considering what's going on. And they all, no. <laughs> and they said only 11,000. That seemed big. That seemed big. That was wild. <laughs> I was like twenty-eight thousand on the field after the win. Uh, they came from somewhere, you know. But let me let me say this, Bryce. Clemson's a good football team, and I was kind of like ready, set, here we go. Uh, here come the excuses for them losing because hey, they was built in, right? It was built in. Trevor Lawrence, I didn't play. Listen, DJ, big Cinco, 
Uncle Alele, or whatever you say, I know I don't say it right, but Big Cinco, the guys have been playing phenomenal. If anything comes to fans to take from this the last two weeks, we are in good hands at quarterback. We're not going to drop off at quarterback when Trevor Lawrence moves on. They're not. I know people are, have anointed him as, as a savior, but they have a player in Big Cinco that they're not going to miss a beat because they didn't miss a beat in these two games. They lost by this one thing. They could not run the football. Notre Dame took away, beat Clemson in the trenches. They took away the middle of that that, that offense where they like to hit a, a Travis ATN up the middle. He had 24 yards. Yep, yeah, excuse me, I'm cheating. 18 carries, 28 yards and one touchdown. They, he is the glue to this football team. Notre Dame took that away. They gave up plays on the outside, but they took away the running game. Everybody was talking about Lawrence. I said, well, what's going to happen? How are they going to stop Notre Dame on, on defense? And if you go back and watch Clemson over the last several games, they've been exposed defensively. I go back to even Boston College, uh, expose them. I go further to Virginia ball game where the offense did a lot of things, and, and Clemson had some struggle on the back end. And here's the other thing. Clemson don't have, don't possess the defensive line that they had in those years when they won the national championship or when they went to the national championship game and played Alabama. They don't have those guys that can rush the quarterback and beat guys one-on-one. They have to bring pressure every time. If you go back and you uh, put a percentage on how much they have to blitz those inside linebackers or bring that, that, that safety type or the spur, whatever you want to call him, uh, you know, a, a guy, a rabbit type guy. That's the only way they can create pressure. You know how many times they sat in book from Notre Dame? Zero. And they had to blitz. They probably blitzed 60, 70% of the time, and they didn't get to the quarterback. That's the problem. And, and so now what you got on tape is Notre Dame, whether Trevor Lawrence is there or not, they got – the recipe on how to beat Clemson. And they have the guys in the, the, the trenches, defensive front, offensive line, that can dominate the game. And they're not going to be afraid. So they're going to see each other in the ACC championship because it's the top two teams. Clemson and Notre Dame, you know, 7-0, 7-1 right now. Miami's kind of on the outside looking in, hoping something will happen. They can sneak up. North Carolina's out. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech is out. I mean, for the rest of the ACC, forget about it. It's bad. So you got really three teams, maybe North Carolina with two losses, four teams that's got a chance to play. And I, right now, I think it's going to be Notre Dame and Clemson because you look at Notre Dame, they're not going to lose again. Uh, Clemson is not going to Who's going to beat them? Florida State uh, at Virginia Tech? Nah. I sure do hope that they, they play in the ACC championship and play again in the playoff. I think that would be great. We, we know these teams are, are evenly matched. Now you shake your head. You're not, you're not getting it. I know this is the ACC. Let me – for all your ACC fans who are watching this, you're not getting two teams there. I know what you're hoping, that they play the championship, Notre Dame loses the Clemson, and now both these teams. You can, don't count A&M out in the SEC, who's in a great seat. They went out, and they only lost to Bama. They're a one-loss team with a pretty tough schedule. Uh, Florida, Alabama wins out, they're in. Florida, Georgia's done. So you got Florida, right? And Florida got one loss. So if they lose, you, I would take a two-loss Florida Gator team or even, here you go, A&M, Ohio State, we're going to win the Big Ten. Ohio State, Alabama, winner of the ACC championship game. Who's that fourth spot? And don't count out B-Y. 
you. Maybe this is the year that a group of five gets a team in there. So don't just, just don't, don't throw Bryce. Don't throw two ACC teams in there just yet, brother. Not just yet. Corey, they, they, they want to put together a, a, a television show. They don't want to <laughs> do it there instead of Notre Dame. Are you kidding me? Or Clemson, for that matter. No. So, I, well, I think Texas A&M, the, the, we got to keep an eye out for them because they're, they're right there in contention. Florida right there. So, um, yeah, there a lot of football to be played. So, we'll, we'll, we'll hold off. But I, I like the idea of teams playing three times versus two times because then it's tough because if – if Clemson wins in the ACC championship, then there, we don't know who's who. You know, wins. They're out. not going to do that. No, they don't, nobody wants to see that no more because they people don't even want to see Clemson and Alabama anymore. They want something fresh. I mean, how about how about an Alabama and an A and M team in there? I know they put, but how about you know Florida Gators finally getting in there? How about if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship? You know, both of those teams in. So now you got two SEC teams that are in there, which I think Florida's got that, that offense and the weaponry that they have, that, that's a sneaky team. And then AM wins out. You got a one loss, another one loss SEC team. So in Ohio State, BYU, one of, one of the ACC, boy, they're going to have, hey, maybe we'll make, you know, this playoff college football, even though I don't like those shows and get on my nerves sometimes, but they might be pretty intriguing this year. Could yeah. be. My philosophy more so is the team that loses in the conference championship shouldn't go to the playoff. I, I, that, that would be my philosophy on that. So it, it goes against – I'd love to see Notre Dame Clemson play three times, but the other part, <laughs> the other part of me goes, now, nah, if you lose that championship, that to me is a, a playoff kind of built-in game. Um, so I want to see teams going into that playoff that just won their, their conference championship. That, that's my, my best-case scenario. Well, you, you're about the, the five extending the playoffs – Every Power Five champion is in. Period. Yeah. And then three. Yeah. I mean, I I can roll with that. Yeah, I'd be I'd be good with that. All right, let's uh let's wrap up with a a faith thought and and so here at unpacking it, I, I write a weekday email devotional called Unpack This. I, I take a current sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and then on this recap show, we unpack that devotional. And so you can subscribe to receive that devotional in your email by going to unpackingit.com. And, and Corey, uh, we, we talked a little bit about these teams uh, already, but, but I want to unpack it a little bit further. And, and I, I found a, just a similarity between you know, the Dolphins last year and the Panthers and Chargers this year. The expectations last year, they weren't supposed to be very good. You know, a new coach, they traded all their players away, yet they finished 5-11, and 11, they played really tough, and then that momentum carried them into this year. Now, this season, you know, the, the Chargers already losing their starting quarterback. They were, they were going to wait on Justin Herbert, but now Justin Herbert's coming out playing well. But their story is they just have been losing all of these close games. And so the Chargers have, have all of their six losses have been by seven or fewer points. And yesterday they had a chance to win and, and they weren't able to complete a pass as time expired. Last week they lost to Denver as time expired because Denver caught a touchdown. And so they're getting really close, but they're, you know, they're playing really well. They're just losing games. But they, they love Herbert. You're seeing a ton out of him. He's doing a lot of good things. And then with the Panthers, again, we talked about them, you know, a new coach, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, yet they're playing really competitive. 
Um, they've, let's see. They've only won three games, and they've lost six. Five of those losses were decided by eight points or less for the Panthers. And so they're, they're doing really good things, and, and I think fans, we've got a lot of hope uh, regarding a winning future based on the good things we've seen this year. And, and so yesterday after the, the Chargers loss, I, I love this quote from head coach Anthony Lynn for the L.A. Chargers. He said, I told the guys, just keep competing. They did what I asked them to do. They competed for four quarters. I thought they were resilient, and I thought they bounced back. I thought they played for one another. I do know if you continue to do that, at some point, good things will happen. And, and so I, I saw that you know, with, with Miami. I think they're a great example of that. You just ple- keep playing tough. You keep persevering. Good things will happen. We're seeing that with the Dolphins this year. And so I believe that for the Chargers and the Panthers moving forward. Also, when we parallel that to our own lives, I, I, I think that we can you know, relate to these teams because sometimes we're doing all the right things, but maybe life isn't going exactly how we think it should. You know, it seems like we're close to, to seeing the wins in life, but, but maybe it's just not happening. And so this can become very discouraging. But if we continue to follow Jesus, we do good things according to his will, we can have the confidence that the wins will eventually come. And, and like last year for the Dolphins, it didn't come until the following season. And, and for us, it might come in a following season. It might not come right when we want it. And, and sometimes it might not happen until eternity. That we might have to wait until, you know, we really see things, uh, you know, all the blessings in eternity, the ultimate blessings there. And, and, and so for us, we still have to keep competing. We got to keep persevering, keep serving, keep loving, continuing to rely on God's strength as we wait for those certain results that we're waiting for, as we wait for the fruit uh, to, to, to come about in certain areas of our lives. And so, a couple great verses that I find just very encouraging for us today. Uh, in Galatians, it tells us, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll re- we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Amen. Thessalonians adds, and, and this is the amplified version, and as for the rest of you believers, do not grow tired or lose heart in doing good, but continue doing what is right without weakening. And then, uh, let's see. We'll, we'll uh, yeah, read the devotional. There's one more verse. You can, you can read that later. Uh, but, but I'll just end it with this. We, we can either choose to be discouraged and, and give up as, as we, you know, wait for things to happen. And, and we think, man, I'm doing the right things. I'm, I'm, I'm following God. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm looking for that breakthrough. But if we continue in obedience, we follow Jesus, we do the right things for his glory. And, and we trust him that the fruit and the blessings will come. We, we, we can trust that they will. We, we can trust them and have confidence that they will. And, and as it says in 1 Corinthians, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Mm. So even in the meantime, even as we're, we're waiting, there's good that is coming. There's good that's happening uh, in, in the middle of it. And, and so we can be encouraged by that and, and continue to, uh, persevere. So hope, uh, hope everyone's willing to unpack that today. And again, you can read it, uh, by signing up on unpackingit.com. Corey, any thoughts on that? Any response to that you'd like to add today? Yes, that's really good, Bryce. I mean, that's, you know, looking at 
the Panthers and some of these other teams that have fought so hard and, and but yet coming up short in what they ultimately want. The goal is to, to get the win. Um, and I understand the one thing that happens when you prepare, when you work out, you when you do all the film study and you study your playbook and you watch film and, and you do all the things and you get into the game and you still come up short. That happens. It happens. I can tell you as, as an athlete that, that has done it at the highest level, it happens. Um, but there is a reward. And I'm not talking about moral victory, you know, because it's easy to get caught up. Well, because eventually you want that hard work to pay off. And it might be a different game, a different year. You have to keep focused. You got to stay determined. You know, Galatians 6 and 9, what you just quoted there, do not become weary in your well-doing because in due season, you will reap if you don't lose hope, if you don't faint, if you don't give up, if you don't quit, like you're going to reap the harvest of your hard work. Unfortunately, we don't know when that time is, right? We don't know when God's going to say, this is the season of, of, of being a champion. This is the season of having your best year. This is the season in your business. This is the season in your life. But I do understand one thing, when you're persistent, when we continue to diligently seek God, you know, the Bible says he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And I'm, I'll end on this. I'm reminded of Elijah. And, and, and he promised King Ahab that it was going to rain. I mean, he stepped down on faith and he had to pray. And he kept sending the servant to go look again. And the servant continued to come back with bad news. I don't see anything. He kept saying, go again as he prayed. Go again. Go again. A lot of times in life, you got to keep going again and going again and going again. And on the seventh time, there was good news. I see a P-shaped form cloud. And yes, what he had heard, which was the abundance of rain, it happened. So what am I saying? Don't become discouraged and weary. Things that you believe in God for, that you're praying for, keep fighting the fight of faith. Keep telling that, just keep going again on your knees. Keep praying. Keep reading God's word. Keep speaking it. Keep staying positive because the result is God's going to reward your faithfulness. And I believe that the abundance of rain will visit your house because I've seen it in my life. I've seen it on the football field. Stay focused on the journey because God won't disappoint. May not be, like you said, Bryce, this lifetime, this lifetime. But, you know, God, we pray for healing sometimes. I pray for healing for people, and they said, pass away. And you said, God didn't hear me. But yes, he did because he gave them complete healing. They don't feel any more sickness or pain. So, you know, we just got to have the right focus and the right thought, man. What a great word. Uh, it's got me fired up. It's got me fired up, man, to continue to go look again because there is a sound of abundant rain. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And yeah, I just love that Anthony Lynn quote. He says, I do know if you continue to do that, which, which you were saying, you know, they played for one another, they were resilient. Uh, at some point, good things will happen. And, and so we just have to continue to obey, continue to follow the Lord. Good things will happen. And uh, always, that's the, uh, that's the encouragement for us today and Corey great having you as a, a thank you host today a lot of fun 
Uh, what an awesome uh, conversation uh, following an awesome football weekend. Well, each week I, I wrap things up and uh, I just remind everyone, I'm Bryce and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. For Corey Miller, I'm Bryce. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much for joining us right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Thank <laughs> you.